we've had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. It was all started by a match. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar. Welcome back. Glad you guys are here. Thank you again for downloading, for subscribing, for listening to the show. Had some great episodes in the last few weeks. We have had some great guests. Uh, Of course, Jennifer Coffin was on a few weeks ago talking about Animal Kingdom. Last week, we had on Matt and Susie from, uh, from the Imagineers podcast, and today, I love doing my job. I love doing the job that I do, the Disney travel planning and all that, and I love talking about Disney stuff, and, and also in this community, and there's a travel community, a Disney community, so on, it allows me to meet people, uh, just cool people from around all over, and uh, this episode is, is, is just the epitome of that, because I get to talk to Sarah and Richard from the Skywalking Through Neverland uh, podcast. They're like this this Star Wars Disney, I don't want to say empire because I don't want to overinflate it. It's not like if you talk to John Lasseter they, that he would say, I know who those guys, well, he might, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they're 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 pretty big. It's a, it's a big deal. I mean, they do a lot of stuff video-wise. They do a lot of, uh, you know, with podcasting, uh, where they have their podcasting network. They're just, they're great people. They're very informative. We'll do all about their. We'll do all their contact stuff later on. You'll find ways to follow them and everything. They're a great follow online on Twitter, on Facebook, things like that. Great platform. Wonderful, wonderful people. And we're going to talk all about Disneyland. They're also going to kind of give you some fun stories from Galaxy's Edge. This episode, actually, uh, that segment was recorded a few weeks ago, so they had just seen Galaxy's Edge. I think by now they've probably seen it five or six, ten, twenty-five times. I think at that time they had seen it a couple of times, and so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. We're not going to do any news today because we just got a lot to get to we got we'll we'll talk to sarah and richard uh i do want to however jump right in and talk about toy story 4 do a toy story 4 review because it's uh but it's a big deal this is kind of the i guess the last chapter this is the last chapter of the toy story saga i believe i think anything else we see we might see on disney plus the streaming service maybe they'll do a direct to tv short or a couple of shorts or a limited series or something like that I don't think we will see Tom Hanks as Woody unless we do it unless he comes back as a very limited cameo of some sort. Uh, I was thinking through maybe thinking, um, you know, that the, they might do something with uh, the characters and maybe Tom Hanks would or Woody would kind of stick his head in and make a uh, make an appearance, make do a few lines here and there, whatever. Um, not to spoil anything in Toy Story Four if you haven't seen it, but just because I know that Tom Hanks has said he's he's. He's done with the character. I think Tim Allen is kind of done with Buzz Lightyear as well. Tim might come back. I don't know. Don't know what the future holds. I think if a story is presented to the characters, I think they probably would come back. But, of course, Don Rickles, he passed away sometime last year, and his family has said they did not want somebody else to do his lines. They wanted to figure out a way to have his lines come from Don Rickles. And so they went back into the archives. Uh, Pixar went back into the archives, found cut footage, uh, found you know footage that was left out, uh, lines that were done in rehearsals and practices, and used those for this Toy Story 4 film. Which Potato Head does not have a ton of lines as it is, so I don't know the, how hard the process was. Uh, but he is in there, and, but I can't see them doing that over and over and over for another set of films. I don't know. 
Toy Story 4 opens up uh, with Buzz Lightyear rescuing RC from a storm drain. This is happening back when they're in Andy's room, back when they're all Andy's toys. And RC's in trouble. He's in a storm drain outside. It's monsooning outside. It's raining. By the way, the animation is incredible. That opening shot, the first thing you see really in the movie is the house with rain coming down. It looks like a real house. You look like you're watching a real... You're wondering if you're watching a commercial before the movie starts. It looks so amazing watching that footage versus... Anything that's in the first Toy Story, you can see how far we've come in 25 years. It is unreal how, how incredible that looks. Um, and that's not to say that it looked bad in, in 1995. I was blown away in 95, but now it's just like, oh my goodness. So the movie opens up. And, and by the way, this review will be a spoiler-free review. Uh, I'm going to touch on a few things here and there, but I'm not going to spoil the main part of the movie for you. I'm not going to give you the, the big plot points. and I'm not going to give you the surprises and things like that, but... So the movie opens up, RC's in danger, they go out to rescue RC, and uh, they, they rescue RC. Bo Peep, however, is taken away in a in a giveaway. Somebody comes up to get to get Bo Peep because Molly, the youngest daughter, is giving her away. And so that's where they lose Bo Peep. And if you watch Toy Story, uh, Toy Story 3, uh, Woody actually talks about how they lost some friends along the way. You know, um, Sketch, the Etch-A-Sketch, they lost Wheezy, and they mentioned Bo Peep, and there's this fun little musical thing right behind it, kind of a very sentimental music. It makes me wonder if maybe they had Toy Story 4 on the brain thinking maybe we'll do something with Bo Peep later. Let's kind of make this a special something. I don't know. So so we skip ahead now. They're all in Bonnie's room. And uh, Bonnie has created a character, has created a toy for herself called Forky. And that's a little spork guy you see. A lot of people are kind of worried about Forky. They're wondering, this thing looks stupid. Why would they create this character? That's a dumb character. The movie explains why Forky is so important. I didn't have a do. I didn't have a worry about it. I really wasn't worried about it. I thought it was fun, but I know a lot of people were just like, "That's a goofy looking character. Why would they use that?" There's a reason Forky was created. It's a great reason. Uh, this this movie really centers a lot more around the child, the owner of the toys, than in all the other three movies do. Well, Andy was there. Andy was a big part of the movies. He wasn't the main focus of the story itself. Bonnie is a big part of the story, uh, being around Bonnie. So Forky is created. Family goes on a road trip, and Forky gets lost. Forky's having a problem because he is he's a spork. He thinks he's trash. He's not a toy. He doesn't even understand what a toy is. He is a spork. He's a fork. He's trash. Ease me your soup and throw him away. Woody's trying to convince him, hey, you're Bonnie's toy. You're the most important thing in Bonnie's life. Crazy things happen. They get to a carnival, and just everything goes crazy. You know, some people get lost. Uh, some toys get lost. There's a rescue mission, things like that. New characters are introduced. You get Bunny and Ducky, which is the key and peel characters, which those guys are hilarious. You have Gabby Gabby, who is a doll voiced by Christina Hendricks, and her henchmen, Bensons, who are like ventriloquist dummies, which are pretty creepy, by the way. I like Gabby Gabby as a character. I really do, and I like Bensons. They're very effective. And you have a few other characters thrown in there as well. Uh, as you've seen in the trailers, Bo Peep makes a reappearance. So she comes back. She explains where she's been. Uh, some crazy things have happened there. And, and all in all, it leads to a very sentimental ending, which is a little divisive. I know people who hate the ending. I know people who love the ending. I'm very satisfied with the ending. And, of course, one of the main characters that's been introduced in the actual movie itself is Duke Kaboom. That is Keanu Reeves, and he plays a stuntman toy from Canada. Just a great... Great character. Keanu Reeves is in this Keanu sense, as we're calling it, with the Netflix show All Me Be My Baby. He's in that movie, and he's great. Of course, he's got Bill and Ted coming up. He just came out with John Wick 3, which is phenomenal. And so he's in this midst of this revival as a person. I mean, he is an, people are seeing him now as an American treasure, which he kind of is. So he is wonderful in this as well. Uh, he plays a, a decent role. He doesn't play like a main starring role in this. And 
This movie is is really all about Woody. I think uh, this is kind of Woody's film. Uh, Buzz Lightyear's there. Of course, the other characters are there. But this movie really centers around Woody and his sense of just lost, moving on, what to do, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so let me tell you what I think about the movie itself. First of all, it's beautiful. It is a beautifully drawn movie. It's just animated gorgeously. The characters are all fantastic. The voiceovers is all, are all fantastic. The settings are great. The antique shop, and I, I cannot wait to watch this again to go through the antique shop shelves on screen because there are so many Easter eggs on the, in the on the shelves. Just everything from, you know, uh, you can see uh, um, you can see drawings. I think of uh, Bing Bong's uh, wagon is in there. I think you can see Eve in there from Wally. You know, I saw Bo Peep holding a grape soda bottle cap somewhere in there as well. So it's there's a ton of callbacks. Which, having a shelf like that, of course, you're going to have uh, chances to put, like, memorabilia in there. You know, looking at the prize shelf, of course, uh, uh, Ducky and Bunny are prizes in this carnival game. And there are plenty of places for prizes up there as well. And so, there's Easter eggs everywhere. So, that's cool. I was probably 25 minutes into this movie before I really got into it. Because I was watching it. And you have to understand, at home with my kid, my kid's here all the summer. And so he's a, he does some school stuff during the day for a summer school thing he's doing. But most of all, he, when he's at home, we're watching Toy Story movies. He wants to watch Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. So I have seen Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 on loop for probably the last three or four months, just one after the other over and over and over. And if I'm not watching them, then I'm hearing them because I'm in the same room while I'm working or doing other things as they're playing. So I'm very intimately familiar with the entire Toy Story trilogy of all the characters, you know, when Jesse shows up and the prospector, and there's Lotso, and how they got this character, what happened to that character. I remember all of that. I remember all the lines. So for the first 20 minutes of this movie, it's really weird for me because I'm watching these characters that I know and that I love that I've watched repeatedly over, you know, five and a half to six hours or however long it is for those three movies to, 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 to play. And they're doing things that I don't recognize. They're in a Winnebago. Or they're rescuing RC, or there's Bo Peep, where's she been? Or just it's 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 very strange, and it's not that it's bad; it's just very weird for me. For me, the movie really kicks in, however, when they get to the carnival, and that's when kind of everything opens up, and just it really, I think the movie takes off at that point. I liked this movie quite a bit. I'm still on the fence as to whether I loved this movie or not. I haven't decided. I think another viewing, I might love it. Another viewing, I might like it a little less. I don't know. I don't know. I can't tell you where did this rank. Where does this rank in the the first three Toy Story movies? I have no idea. I can't just objectively say, oh, it's better than this one, but it's not as good as that one. No clue. Now, for the people who feel as if the story wrapped up very nicely at the end of Toy Story three, you're not wrong. It really is a good wrap up in Toy Story three, and they could have left it there. I am okay with this part of the story. I'm okay with this resolution because really, this kind of takes that ending and kind of expounds on it and kind of gives you a different ending if I can say that my wife Stephanie did not like the ending she did not like the way it ended uh, she wasn't mad at it she didn't think it was poorly done she just didn't because she's like me she cares for these characters and that's what Pixar has done is they have ingrained these characters in our minds and our hearts I care about Woody I care about Buzz I care about Bo Peep and I care about Ham and and uh, Mr. Potato Head and Rex and I care about all of these characters very deeply because I've been watching these characters for 25 years and uh, you know so I care what happens to them she didn't like how everything ended up. I was okay with the ending. The I guess the the one main thing too, the one main problem I had with the movie is it really focused so much on on Woody and Buzz and Bo Peep as the main characters of the film that Rex, Slinky, Potato Head, Ham, they were kind of left on the sidelines. They had some stuff going on there. Even Jesse had some stuff happening there, but it wasn't a whole lot. 
And I, for the for the purposes of the film and the way the story rolls out, I, I don't know if it would have been way too hard. It probably would have been way too difficult to have the entire gang go on an adventure together rather than just Woody and Buzz. But I, I don't like that we didn't see much of those characters. I just I, I don't. I I miss them, and I and I don't I don't know that it was a bad send off for the entire gang. But uh, I would have liked more out of them. Otherwise, I think the movie was really, really great. I'm a fan of the film. I would like to see it again, and I encourage you guys to go see it. Uh, it is rated G. There is no violence other than just cartoony, you know, little pratfalls and things like that. And I really liked it. I really, really enjoyed it. I hope you guys go see it. Let me know what you think. Magic on a dollar at gmail.com. Um, let me know what you think about Toy Story 4. Did you like it? Did you not like it? That kind of thing. So anyway, we'll uh, like I said, we'll push news off till next week, and we'll kind of get to all the new stuff and all the things that are happening as well. The Spider-Man movie's coming out next week, so I'll have a review of Spider-Man Far From Home on next week's podcast. Now, you may have noticed in the title of the episode, it says Part 1. And that is because this is a two-part episode, and this is part one of that two parts, because Sarah, Richard, and I have talked for a good hour, 20 minutes or so, and we just talked about everything Disneyland-related, Galaxy's Edge, we got into their story and everything, and I wanted to give it, I wanted to give it time. I didn't want to stop the interview and just let, I wanted the conversation to go where it went, because I love talking Disney like that, just letting it go. But as a result, the conversations can be long, so I decided to knock this out into two parts, so you don't have an hour and 45-minute episode this week. And so, here's the first part of my conversation with Richard and Sarah. We talk about their story a little bit. We dive into Disneyland's Good, Bad, and Magical. So I hope you enjoy. Now, I am pleased and proud to finally have these two people on the line with me here because these are these are kind of like Disney Star Wars gurus in the podcast community and the networking community and, and all of that. We got we got on the line here with us. We got Richard, a.k.a. Uh, Sith or no, Rich, Sith Rich. Is that what it? Whatever. <laughs> and then we've got uh, AKA Jedi Tink, AKA the uh, the mother of all loth cats, AKA Rich's sweetie wife Sarah, Richard and Sarah, the Skywalking Through Neverland duo, which you guys are just dominating right now. I've seen what you guys are doing, so thank you for coming on the show. It, it's okay that you mess up my name. Just don't mess up my sweetie wife. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, her, her title. Well, her she's title. got all these nicknames, and eventually, if I messed up one, I've still got like five to fall back on. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Richard, we got to work on your nicknames now. Yeah, Sith Rich. That was how a, about, a about, name that just came out when we're we're just setting up Twitter. Twitter yeah. Right. And thought, really okay, him. let's just throw out Sith Rich, and we'll change it later on. And ten years later, we still haven't hit that later on. Time. Right, right. Well, I guess it's harder. You, I mean, it, your nickname needs to be short, so you can't really say the guy who's never been the rebel spy. That's kind of a long. Right. Nickname. I was. I was like, not the rebel spy. Maybe yes. rebel spy, not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not really the Sith type, but no. it was just a name we threw out there. It rhymed. Yeah, it works. It we works. Like rhymes. But it works. you know. But so we're going to talk a little bit about Disneyland today, and uh, we've, we've done this in a series. We've talked about the good, the bad, and the magical through some of the Disney World parks, and we're going to reach out to Disneyland and kind of get uh, some perspective over there. I've been three times uh, in my life. I know that these two have been three times since yesterday, so they're going to be able to talk a little bit more about it, but we'll go through that in a few minutes. But I do want to kind of open it up real quick because some of my listeners may not know about you guys very much, which listeners, where have you been? What rock are you hiding under? Uh, which is, it's funny because I've talked to other podcasters, and I'm like, I got Sarah and, and Richard on uh, Richard on from Skywalking. They're coming on the show, and I'm expecting to say there are these podcasters in California, and every one of them are like, "Oh yeah, we've had them on," or "Oh yeah, I listen to them all the time." Or so you guys are you guys are kind of you're big time now. So just real quick, where did this where did this start? Like at what point did one of you look at the other and say, "Honey, why don't we start a podcast?" How did all that come about? 
Richard? <laughs> well, we had worked for five years on a Star Wars fan film called TPZ. And after that five years, I was starting to get the itch again. Like, hey, let's, let's do something else. But I, I don't want to spend five years mm-hmm. on another fan film. And we were on a couple of podcasts, this new medium called podcasts. And like as guests. As guests. And there were a couple. I think my playlist consisted of three podcasts. Right. Yes. And then this I This was back in 2012, 2013. This, this is, yeah, 2013. And I thought, wait a minute. Let's, let's venture out into this new realm uh, of communication called podcasting. And Sarah, what do you what do you think? We'll do a, a Star Wars and Disney since that has not been done up to this point. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah. And I was a little afraid at first. And then I'm like, well, I let's, think let's do let's it. Let's do it. Yeah. So Richard and I really make a great team because he's the motor. He has the big ideas. He's always like thinking of the next episode before the next before our episode here is ended as we're right. recording one yeah. episode i'm thinking about the next episode yeah and then i have a lot of the technical know-how in terms of i kind of figured out how to get the podcast on itunes and all of that like watched a lot of youtube self-help videos and so basically sarah reads manuals right yeah. no not uh-uh. basically yeah so well, like this, that's, that's pretty this, true because this one goes here that one goes there exactly and in, in teaching so, myself how to do some of this podcasting stuff i've hit youtube several times i'm like how yes. to put music in the background how to edit a just i mean it's basic stuff that anybody with any knowledge would know but i don't know this stuff so i'm having to learn it as i go and and so i completely i, I feel you i completely feel you on that yeah so and then richard and i both know how to edit so it worked out well that way and, and yeah, we just make a great team. And then this, and our, our first show aired September 27th, 2013. Yes. And it took us three tries to get what you hear now. Uh-huh. Nice. We're, we're, we're perfectionists. We feel that if someone's going to tune into the show, then we're going to give them the best show possible. Right. And we're going to polish all the edges as much as possible. We don't want it to sound like, something that has been worked on and worked on and worked on. There's a couple of flaws in there, which, which goes well with this new medium. Mm-hmm. And, but we, we're still going to make it so where all the ums and ahs and all those little annoying sounds are edited out so a conversation can flow. Right. So the first time we recorded, is we listened back and we said, no, no, not at all. Did it take two? It's like, yeah. All right, now we can see where we're going here. And take three, it's like, okay, this is this is good right here. Yeah. This is fun. And then you listen back now, and it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna ask you, do you ever go back and listen to those first couple of episodes and just? You know what? The, aside from the fact that we were using Play School microphones, <laughs> I think they were, they were fun, entertaining shows. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always come from that late night with David Letterman background. And that's where I, I really got honed my, the entertainment knowledge and how things should roll out and how the pacing of a show should go. So I think I, we've had it at that point. And uh, yeah. I, well, listening back, I still think those first shows still hold up. I mean, after all, that's the uh, show where we talk about our meeting with J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Right. Well, there's, so I you mean, there, and there's go wrong for an episode like that. A lot of things you can't teach when it comes to podcasting in terms of 
pacing and flow. And when you're talking to somebody else on, on, you know, on the phone or on Skype or wherever you're interviewing, you know, how to kind of get those conversations going and keep it going. And, you know, and I'm sure that every, not every single guest has been perfect. So I'm sure there's been a few spots where you've kind of had to keep it going. And those are things you just can't teach. And you guys have done it really, really well. Um, you know, and I have to say congratulations to you guys because you, you got your own podcasting network now. This, was it Skywalking Network, I believe? Um, yes. You know, so that's rolling as well. And you guys are getting, you know, invitations to Galaxy's Edge all the time. And, and I, listening to the episode, uh, by the way, episode 251 is a great walkthrough of, of Galaxy's Edge. And the reason I like it so much is because I've had my share of, of, of listening to Disney press conferences and Iger gets up there and Kennedy gets up there and whoever else gets up there and they talk about the, the great things of Galaxy's Edge. And, this, and you know they're read, reciting off a teleprompter or they're reading something that was scripted for us. And you guys have the fans' perspective. So when you guys are like walking through and I didn't even see the Millennium Falcon because I was so busy looking at something else. I look up and there it was. And it's just, it's, it's a great episode in terms of seeing the park through your eyes. So you guys did a really good job with that. Just want you to know that. Well, thank, well, you. thank you. Thank you very much. And as we're going along, we're, we're making notes. Right. Because if we didn't, we would forget everything because that whole first night was just a whirlwind because we've been waiting for this. Ugh. Well, I've been waiting for a Star Wars amusement park since George Lucas talked about it in the 70s. Wow. That's when he said, I would love to have an amusement park. It's like, George, let's do this. Right. He didn't return my phone calls. Thank you, George. <laughs> yeah. Then when it was announced at D23 Expo in 2015. We were actually in the room when he made that announcement and we like we like stood to our feet and started clear cheering and clapping and it was just crazy if you go to the right. video i believe on d and uh, disney parks blog and you watch that video i believe you can hear us in the front row yelling and screaming <laughs> that's awesome yeah I, we were at uh, uh and i don't remember what celebration it was it was the one that a few years ago and you know, we heard George Lucas speak and John Williams do his thing or whatever. And it's just, it's this, it's, I don't think the people who don't care for Star Wars that much, which I don't understand those people at all, but I don't, I don't think that they under quite understand exactly what it's like being in a room full of Star Wars enthusiasts who, you know, cheer and, and laugh and just have a great time. And I actually got to think at Celebration in Orlando, I know that we got to ride, I believe, Star Tours with you guys. And it was unbelievable because the whole ride was full of star wars freaks and everybody's just screaming and yelling and for the, it was one of the best rides i've ever been on because everybody in that little little carriage everybody on the uh the you know the flight the indoor was just was loving it was just going crazy and that was that was wonderful i, I love well, that it. was fantastic because the rebel spy was mm -hmm. not me <laughs> <laughs> not one me day, I, I i can't get rebel spy on either coast <laughs> sarah has been Rebel Spy eight and a half times. Yep. Wow, that's hilarious. At the half, I'm assuming the camera was halfway on you, or it, it was me and my co-host Trisha Barr from Fangirls Going Rogue. Right. It was it was on our boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's We're not really sure fun. how that happened, but yeah, you're not sure how that happened. <laughs> Come <was> on. Like... <laughs> what you had was an 18 year old operating the camera, going, "Oh, hot chicks." <laughs> so Basically. yeah, he may have gotten written up for that. But uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more Galaxy's Edge towards the end of the episode. But let's get to Disneyland itself and what we want to do is we're going to run through each land you know kind of quickly I say quickly we'll let the conversation go where it goes um but I'll, I'll talk about each land and, and what I want to do is I want to kind of bring up a good a bad and a magical in each land what's what we really like about it something maybe we could change didn't have to be that negative and there's something that's just so magical about that particular area and we'll just kick it off here with Main Street USA and of course the the 
the Main Street USA has the railroad, you have the carriage, the fire engines are there, the streetcars are there, the gallery is there, the little opera house, and of course, great moments with Mr. Lincoln. And for me, and I'll just, I'll knock out all three of these. For me, the good is that I love great moments with Mr. Lincoln is still there. It's, a, it's an old attraction from the World's Fair, and they still have that animatronic, audio animatronic going. It still looks cool. It really does look cool. History comes alive in that. And it's just cool uh, to have that. Um, for the bad, I think the Main Street vehicles are sometimes hard to get onto. I, we tried that a couple of times. We got on it once, and sometimes they're just very hard to, to track down. And in terms of being magical, Walt's apartment is right there above the fire engine, uh, fire station. I got to do the w walking in Walt's footsteps and see the apartment uh, in May, uh. and it was incredible. It was just so, like, being right there in that little apartment, knowing that's where he and Lillian slept and the grandkids played there. And a lot of the artifacts that are in there are, are, are his. I mean, some, some things have been replicated to indicate what the apartment probably looked like, but some things in there are actually like his waffle iron is in there, or grilled cheese iron is in there with scrapes and everything from where he scraped the grill, the cheese off of the uh, off the tray, and you can see it, and it's just it's so cool. So wow. what about you? What about you guys? So for Main Street, I would have to say the good. I mean, the train is pretty awesome. It is the fact, yeah. the fact that you can you know ride it, and then for a while there, you could get glimpses of Galaxy's Edge as it was being built. So we would ride it just for that, right? And then the bad. Hmm. You think about that. Yes. I'm going to say for my good, it's a snapshot of 1955. Yes. Yeah. You go under the bridge, under the railroad, and now you're in 1955, just as Walt imagined it. Because you see the Main Street hub at the, at the yeah. front end. I know there's two hubs, but this is the hub at the beginning. And as you're looking down Main Street, it looks like something you would see five decades ago, six right. decades ago now. Wow. Right. Or and even you see, in Marceline, like you'd see in Marceline, Missouri, because that's kind of what it's modeled after. So yeah. 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 Awesome. It is, and I'm so glad they never have updated the architecture and the structures of Main Street. And I know we see Starbucks, which kind of takes you out of things. <laughs> right. But other than that, you see the castle at the end, the refurbished castle at the end of Main Street. I think that counts as my good and magical. Yeah. And right. if you don't have anything bad, that's okay. We can, you know, don't. No, I, oh, I, oh I, I get bad. I get bad. <laughs> I get bad. And the bad thing is you get a lot of people who see a moment and they'll stop and take a picture it's like you know can you look behind you to make sure you're not gonna get trampled because i can't tell you how many times we've knocked into people or sometimes they're even parents with their kids you don't stop right in the middle of me i know you want to get that great picture but you know there's people behind you and the person in the back of me is hitting me it's like a a, a 10 car collision yeah. because someone wants to stop and send out a tweet right right <laughs> Pictures no. you can understand, but come on. So your, your Twitter will work right over there just as well as it will work right here. Come on. Exactly. Or, or if you're going to stop and take a picture, it's great. There's a lot of photo. Right. Fantastic moments. But at least look behind you. Make sure there is no one, there's no one who's going to slam into you. Especially or slow down as you're walking and kind of come to a slow stop versus just suddenly stopping. I mean, I'm like, slow down a little bit and kind of ease to a stop. And it lets me know, okay, you're stopping for a picture. The, Let me go around. same people who stop right in the middle of a doorway. Mm -hmm. Right. With like a family of 10 stop right in the middle of a doorway so they can <laughs> have a discussion about what size candy apple they should get. Can you do that anywhere else? Aside from being a fire hazard, 
look, look around you. People are trying to squeeze by you. Does that tell you something? Right. But I know that's, that's one of those never ending battles. <laughs> and, I, and I've gone and I've taken pictures of these people just so I can post it and then say, what's wrong with this picture? And everyone <laughs> always comments, why are they stopping right in the middle of a doorway? And Sarah, editorial. Sarah, do you have anything else on Main Street? Uh, yeah. So for my bad, it's, it's a good and a bad. And that is the, the Main Street, like Marceline's confectionery or the, the food, basically. Right. So you have you have the ice cream parlor, Gibson ice cream car- parlor. That, that's bad. Well, it's bad because it's tempting. Mm. And I want it, and I shouldn't have it. So so that's that's my bad. And then my magical is something we have never done, Richard. Which is, if you hit it right, or if you're, I don't know if you're taking a tour, or if you have to be with someone important. But on the train, there's the Lily Bell cabin. It's like a special cabin that was made for. Walt Disney's wife and it's like totally refurbished like it was back when he made it for her and you can only get in there specific times and you have to ask and it's it's just very secretive so I've never I've never been on this until now well so that's something to look forward to magical that's All good. Right. I, I, that's something I will have to do next time I go, which might be a couple of years, but you know, I only get yeah, us too, like tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for you, sorry, it might be a couple sorry, of hours. Man. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. All right. Sorry walking down that. main street, let's kind of cut over to Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland, of course, we're going to find the Nemo submarine voyage. The monorail goes in through there. Autopia, the railroad, the launch bay, uh, space mountain, star tours, the astro orbiter and the astro blasters. Y'all go ahead and open it up and talk about Tomorrowland. Okay, so for my good in Tomorrowland, I'm going to say Space Mountain attraction, but specifically Hyperspace Mountain. Yes. It's the Star Wars layover of Space Mountain, and all of a sudden, instead of just being out in space and going really fast around and around, all of a sudden you're in a space battle, and there's Star Destroyers, and there's TIE Fighters chasing you and shooting at you, and you're part of the Rebellion. So I think that's good. I, I think that's really fun. Now, Richard, so I, I, I pretty much you... echo that. Yeah. It's the first opportunity to go on a Star Wars ride, and that's Star Tours. And whenever I round the corner and I see that sign, that always takes me back to the beginning uh, of Star Tours. And Ooh. I'm big on nostalgia. Right. And when I see that sign, I, I just go back to that date in 1987 when, when Star Tours had opened. And that's... Uh, once again, it's a good and and magical. Yeah, I was going to say, Star Tours is my magical. Yes. Yeah, it's a great yes. ride. I, I was lucky enough that when I, I went, first time I went to Disneyland, it was t- 2011. And uh, my wife at the time was pregnant with our first child. And, and we went through Star Tours and they were opening it up only to pass holders. Well, I was a yes. Disney World pass holder, not a Disneyland pass holder. But I talked to oh. just the right cast member and she was kind of like, give me the side eye. And then she goes, come on, come on in. So I got the ride, you know, for the pass holder preview of the new, the you know, the, the adventures continue, Star Tours 2.0 or whatever they call it, and I was just over the moon. It was incredible. Uh, for me, for good, I love the astral orbiter that's there because I have to compare it to the astral orbiter that is at Disney World, which is a horrible queue system of corrals and an elevator, another corral. You get on the ride, you have to go back down. The, it's terrible. Whereas the orbiter at Disney Disneyland, you just go to big circle in the line, and that's it. And it's wonderful. <laughs> it is right. so easy to get on, so easy to get off. I I, I love it. Um, if I had to throw a bat out there, I probably would say I wish that Star Tours was located at Galaxy's Edge. Uh, and I get, I know that you had talked about how it's kind of your first entrance in, into Batu, 
And then, but you do have to walk across the park to get to Galaxy's Edge. So I kind of wish there was a way to move that over to Star to to, to Galaxy's Edge and have it all one big star star complete. Um, but for the magical, I love the monorail. I do, and because, and again, I'm comparing this to Disney World, we can't ride in the front anymore due to a tragic accident that happened several years ago, and they just haven't changed their policies anymore again. And I love being able to ride in the front of the monorail. I've done it a couple of times. You sometimes have to wait a while to find somebody, find it open. Uh, but it's so cool riding in the front of the monorail. It's just a magical thing for me because I never get to do it. And it's just, it's really neat. It's really yeah. neat. Tomorrow, Sarah, tomorrow when we're at Disneyland, <laughs> tomorrow, in a few hours, we'll have to do that ourselves. Oh. Now, have you guys done the, I'm assuming you've done the front of the monorail or? I have when I was a kid right? at Walt Disney World. Well, um, the, I think I was the, seven. The system, it works now, basically, and, and it may work the same. It may not. I don't know. But essentially, you just have to wait for somebody to, to get out. So when the, when the monorail train comes up, if you're standing there waiting, they put you in a little special line to get in the front of the monorail. Oh. And you just have to wait for somebody to get off on that station. And when they do, you get on in. You may be waiting three or four or five cars. You may get, get lucky to have the first car come up, but you just wait there until somebody gets out, and you can get in. And it's, wow. it was wonderful. It was great. Now, what if, what if we used your name? Could we get to the front? You can try that. You can we try that. Yes, yes. Good friends with David Dollar. Yes, go ahead and try that. Who? And just... <laughs> You know what you know? Just say, hey, I'm good friends with the Skywalking people. And they'll be like, Skywalking through the Neverland? Come on in. So, you know, that's all you have to do. That's what I do at Disney okay. World. It works like a charm. But wow. Wow. <laughs> breaking, you know about this? <laughs> breaking schedule. I have to ask this question before I forget this question. How cool is it to see your podcasting shirts on fans as you're walking through the park? Like, not at a meetup or anything like that. I know you mentioned that in your episode, but like, just seeing people wearing the shirts and you're like, and maybe they don't even see you. They just happen to be wearing the merchandise and the shirts. How cool is that to see? You're like, that's, that's my show. That's, that's my show they're wearing. On a scale of one to 10, a billion. That's yeah. awesome. That is, it's one of those, wow. That, you, you know, you've, you've made, made it to some certain level when you see someone wearing your branding on their shirt. And it's right. just, it's because it, then it, tell, it validates your, right. your work. Right. And your efforts that someone not only listens to the show, but they go so far as to want to wear the logo on their shirt mm -hmm. while at right. Galaxy's Edge. And to us, that, that speaks volumes. Well, and they had to go and purchase the shirt as well. I mean, I mean maybe some were gifted, oh, yeah. maybe some were given, but most of them probably had to go on in line and spend their money to buy that shirt. And I just think that's super cool. Goals, hashtag goals for the Magic of the <laughs> And when we do see them, we'll go over, we'll give them some buttons, we'll give them right. swag, oh, yeah. we'll give them a ride home, whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. If anyone real, um, like recognizes us in the parks, we, we always have buttons on us. That's we good. That's a good idea. Give that's out. Cool. That's yeah. really cool. We were going down the escalator not too long ago, and someone turned around and said, are you skywalking through Neverland? Yeah. <laughs> what? what you, you, you weren't even looking at us. He said, oh, I heard your voices. Yeah. That is so – see, I would be like the, the worst person in the world for that to happen to because they'd – are you David Dollar with the Magic and a Dollar podcast? I would follow that person around all day. Like, What's your favorite episode? What do you think I should do better? You're like, you really like me, don't you? Here, let me oh, buy you a shirt. Let me buy some don't dinner. get us wrong. We still do that. Oh, okay. Well, good. Good. I don't feel alone. <laughs> yeah, we, we feel like we gotta, we got to poll the public when we're out there. we gotta, we got to do oh, some, yeah. some research. Right. Yeah. That's hilarious. Listen research, and that's that's how you you get to where you are because you listen you, you listen to the listeners, right? We always love to hear what they love and what they want to hear more of. So let's walk on down to Mickey's Toontown. Uh, oh, which, wait a minute. Yes, yes. 
my magical. Oh, I, you know oh, what? You I know do what? that every single time to every guest I have on. I'm like, let's go to the yeah. next land. And somebody goes, I haven't given my thoughts yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> Even though I kind of, I gave my good and magical right. moments to Star Tours. You know what? For magical, I'm going to say getting Wookiee hugs. <gasps> getting oh. Wookiee hugs at Launch Bay at the Chewbacca meet and greet. Yeah. Right? That's a magical moment. And for the bad, it's getting Moaning Myrtle to cry. I heard oh. that. I heard that story. Uh, that's a just brief synopsis for the listener. Uh, basically, you know, Rich asked about Lumpy and and some of the other Star Wars Christmas special canon, which is now canon. We know uh, yes. about his family and the cast member not only didn't know anything about that, but also got offended or got their feelings hurt when when you know, Rich questioned her about it. Um, and, and so much so that she went and told her lead. Yes, you got a talking to from another cast member. Please don't raise your voice, which I thought, I laughed. I, I LOL'd for real. Listen, <laughs> I thought it was really funny. And we, were, we weren't admonishing or talking down. We're no. like, hey, you know what? The holiday special characters are canon because they're in the books. Oh, we don't recognize those characters. Uh-oh. And then she walked off. It's like, right? what? When was the? We weren't yelling at anybody. We were we were having a fun discussion. We came over and gave her a hug and gave us a hug and and then before we know it, we're being approached by a cast member lead who asked us not to talk to their their cast members in the way we did. What <laughs> what are you what are you talking about? So, really weird. So now at Disneyland, we have dubbed security Secret Squirrel and we have dubbed this woman Moaning Myrtle. I feel like it would have been so easy for her simply to say. They may be canon, but we've really not been asked to not mention those characters, so that's all I can do. And I feel like that would have been it, and you know, you would have had a laugh about it and gone on. But yeah, that was a that was a little much because you got you're like me, you're loud automatically. So yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that you took it that way. I'm talking to you loudly because I'm a loud talker. You know, I'll, <laughs> my whispering is normal voices. Sorry. <laughs> and then it's put a it's put a damper on the next part of the day yeah it's like we weren't we didn't want to make anyone feel bad or have her go off and have her feelings hurt but we still don't understand what it was that led to this and the yeah. worst thing would be for the the lead and the cast member to get together later going were those the skywalking people i thought they were so nice on the radio but now well now i listen to their pod cart and they're so friendly but now they're not so <laughs> <laughs> no we got the deuce cast movie show yes if there's yep. any problems, go see them. Yes, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of it. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Walking over to Mickey's Toontown, which is an area that I happen to love, by the way. You've got Goofy's Playhouse, uh, Donald's Boats there, the Gadget Go Coaster, the Roger Rabbit. You've got the Disneyland Railroad, of course, stopping there, which I think that one of the good things about this is I love that the railroad stops there. There's so many stops, like four stops at, the, uh, at, at Disneyland. It's really in each part of the park. Uh, we have three at Disney World, and I hate to keep comparing because Disney World is my home and I love it, but we only have three stops. You guys have four. And I think that's fantastic. You know, I, I magically for me, I love the Roger Rabbit ride. I love that Roger Rabbit is is in the parks. And, you know, sometimes he's out and about. I think, uh, you know, I've, I've seen pictures of the character walking around. And I just, I love the fact that it's there. I love the fact that you have that and that you have a Toontown altogether because we don't have ours anymore. We have a Storybook Circus, which I do love as well. Many good things about Storybook Circus. But you know we have uh, we we don't have a Toontown like we had before. And you have a wow. you have a you have a uh, uh, you have a Roger Rabbit, which I think is fantastic. If I had to give a bad, it probably would be the Gadget Go Coaster, only because the line is always so long. Every time I go, the line is very long, and I'm like, it's a really simple, tiny ride. I know it's just a kid's ride and all, but come on, come on, people, get out of line. Let me ride this thing. So yeah, <laughs> I would say the good for me is that when. When it's time for Mickey's Halloween party, they mm-hmm. open up Toontown for the annual pass holders to come on early. in and get candy early. Uh-huh. Yes. Nice. 
for me, that is the good. And this is this is the part of the park we hardly ever go to. Exactly, except for Mickey's, Mickey's Halloween, Halloween party. party. Yes. And my good would be the Disney runs. So mm. when the when we're on a Disney run, you start outside of the Disney parks and then you go kind of backstage. And then the very first time you enter the Disney park, well, I guess beyond Main Street, but but after you root us backstage for a while, all of a sudden you're rooted back into Disneyland and you're in Toontown and it's like a really fun moment and the sun is just rising and and then if you need to go to the bathroom there's a bathroom right there right. that's not a porta potty Saturday and- knows where all the bathrooms are <laughs> yeah. at Disneyland I understand that completely <laughs> <Young> <laughs> too. Uh, but but yeah so that's that was that's my magical and good of Toontown and other other than that we don't really spend much time back there no well, see, that's the bad part you need to go more often for magical I, I would just say that it's so much fun to see all the little kids kids, the toddlers mm. and the really the preschoolers having the time of their lives in there. That's and true. that's that's very magical because everything is geared size. geared toward their size. Right. Once in well, a while I get a cast member saying, um, sir, could you please get off that? Because four kids want to sit there instead. Well one thing I loved about this too, and I'll throw something else in there too, is is the uh, Donald's boat has a second story to it. So you walk up the stairs and you have this great view of the whole to- whole of Toontown from that second story. It's great for pictures. You can see everything from there. You see the train station over there. You see the, you know, the rides. Just, you get a spectrum of what Toontown looks like from that the top of that boat. And it's a really cool picture opportunity. It's a really cool, just a good visual. I probably, I was there, when I was there in May, uh, one of the days we went to Disneyland, I probably stood up there for 15 minutes just looking at everything from that perspective. Um, so I definitely, since you guys don't go there very often, I definitely recommend going up there and just kind of Kind of looking at everything it's it's great to see toontown as a whole um just in one one visual as you're standing there kind of looking around i think that's a really cool shot and okay. once again i like the fact that there's a place for the little kids to go yep however when it was rumored that toontown was going to be mowed over for galaxy's edge i was like we okay were, we were cool you know, with that. G- <laughs> right? give me a shovel give me a shovel and a rake, and I'll get to work. <laughs> well, I would imagine that'll be the first place to go when they do something else, because eventually they will add something else to the park. They'll have to, um, and I don't know how much room they have left, you know, to keep expanding. And so, at some point, they're going to have to start making some choices of: <laughs> Do we get rid of this for that? What do we do? I don't know. You know, could so. get rid of the city of Garden Grove and build that way. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's Which, true. <laughs> okay. All right. We're game for that too. You know what? Once again, give me a bulldozer, and I'll get to work. Do it for free. Just have the enjoyment and give us some free tickets. There you go. And I apologize to all of our Garden Grove citizens and yes. listeners. We'll edit that out. Yeah, there you go. We'll just beep out the Garden Grove part. So. Okay. Walking up to Fantasyland. Of course, that's where there's a whole lot of rides in Fantasyland. you got Pinocchio, Snow White, the Boutique, uh, Sleeping Beauty's Castle Walkthrough, the Carousel, Casey Jr., Dumbo, Mr. Toad, Peter Pan, Mad Tea Party, Alice, uh, you know, Pixie Hollow is there. Matterhorn, Matterhorn Bobslor, uh, Bob Sleds, can't talk. Uh, Storybook Land Canal Boats. It's a small world. The Fantasyland Theater is there. This massive area of, of Fantasyland. What do, you, what do you guys think about Fantasyland? Oh, so much good stuff here. It's fantastical. I mean, the Fantasyland Theater has the fun, like, little mini plays of Beauty and the Beast and of Tangled right now and then also on saturday nights they're swing dancing with a live band which is awesome that sounds really cool yeah uh there, there's just so much i mean the magical for me the storybook canal boats love Richard, the canal boats if you hit that at the right time of night and you happen to be in the canal boat at 
9.35 p.m., they stop the canal boats and you're in the middle of the water watching the fireworks happen above you and they're not allowed to move as the fireworks go. Oh, that is so amazing. It is. And we've done that once, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was super, it was so cool. So it's like you have your whole boat to yourself. I mean, depending on how many people were in there, but I, I don't think there was a lot of people on our boat. You remember that? There was 12. Really? John, did they, did they... Frank. No, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> By the time it's over, you know everybody anyway. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're on the boat long enough. We're yes. sitting there for about six minutes until we asked, What's, why are we stopping? Yeah. They, they, they stopped the boat and the girl just sat there. She didn't tell you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, watch this. We're going to see some fireworks. Yeah, uh, we were just sitting there before we, the fireworks did started. Did we run out of gas? Can, you, can someone <laughs> tell us what's going on here? So well, we I've, been on, I've been on that and Casey Jr. before. When I went in May, they were closed. So oh. we, did the, we did the Parkeology Challenge, being a friend of mine. We did the 40, tried to do 47 rides in one day. We got to 45. Um, oh. It was a story there. But we got, to ride, you know, we got to ride everything, basically, except for Peter Pan and Nemo um, in both parks. We did everything. And so we missed those two because they were closed, so they didn't count for our total. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do love the canal boats. I've been on those before, and they're just, they're just cool. I mean, yeah. the, the miniature castles. And I'm... It's not something that, that that's a hobby of mine, but I am a fan of miniatures. I love looking at miniatures because I love the detail and the artistry it takes to make such small things. Uh, and I love the miniatures of the castles and things like that. I think that's just that's cool. Plus, you're on a little boat, you're kind of drifting along, and it's just it's a it's a great setup. And I love the old fashioned, you know, you have to get off in a certain order because they have to make sure <laughs> the boat doesn't tip over, kind of thing. Yep. I think there's something just so quaint about that because it's not, you know, you could tell it's not all automatic and hooked onto certain pulleys or levers or whatever. It's just, okay, so this side gets off first. Don't stand up too fast. Okay, now I need you to lean forward. Over. It's, it's really kind of fun <laughs> to do that. Yeah, for us, they had to unload us by our social security numbers. Oh, well, that's fun. Well, for yeah, us, it's credit card numbers, and I felt really weird about that. And I've been Yeah, there's someone them. out there writing things down, and he's on the internet at the same time. I'm not sure what he was doing. He had an Amazon tab up. Right. So, I, I, yeah, I, I should have questioned that while we were there. Probably, yeah. He was that, Another little, tab was open to the IRS. Yeah, uh, well, you know, with us, I looked on Amazon, and I'm like, somebody from Sweden just ordered 74, you know, subscriptions to the magazine Vibe, and I don't know why, but okay, sure, whatever. And so I just went with it. Yeah, it was kind of weird when I got home, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Mr. Toad, you guys have Mr. Toad, too, and we are missing Mr. Toad, which it's not so much that it's a great ride itself. It's just the fact that it's, one of the old school rides that you know we don't have anymore. Um, for oh, me, yeah. Fantasyland is just magical overall because there's so many of those rides that are so historical when it comes to Walt Disney himself and you know putting some of those rides in and creating all of that is just amazing. Uh, the one thing I don't like is the Matterhorn. Your mm-hmm. Matterhorn is our version of Space Mountain, where it's rickety and it's a single like single seat thing where you're sitting like behind somebody and in front of somebody, and it's just you get off of it, and I call it an age indicator, as in if you get off of it, you realize how old you actually are because everything, <laughs> and just it's I'm not a fan of the Matterhorn. I I will not ride it unless I have to in some sort of challenge or something, but it's just a little much for me. Yeah, same. Same. The Matterhorn is our bad because like I don't have a bad back at all. Like I'm I'm pretty healthy, but. My back always hurts yeah. if I get off that ride. So, yeah, that's yeah. one of two rides we always avoid, avoid at Disneyland. Yeah. What's the other one? Are you allowed to say? And if you're wondering what the other ride is that Richard will not go on, 
Find out next week. Right, that's where I'm cutting the interview off, so you'll have to listen next week for the rest of the interview. And we talk about the rest of Critter Country. We talk about Frontierland, and of course, we get into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and that's all next week. You can find Skywalking Through Neverland on Apple Podcasts and find them in all the other podcatching kind of places. Get them on Facebook. Find them on Twitter, twitter.com slash skywalkingpod. Also on Instagram at skywalkingpod. They're on Pinterest or they're on Google Play. They're a little bit of everywhere, folks. You're going to find them all over. So that's this show. That's this episode of Magic on a Dollar Podcast. My name is Dave, and thank you so much for joining us once again. Find me online at uh, Magic on a Dollar on Instagram and on Twitter, and of course on Facebook, Disney on a dollar. I would love to help you out with your Disney vacation, and uh, you guys have a great week. Come back and see us as we continue our conversation with the Skywalking the Neverland crew, uh, Sarah and Richard, and thanks to them for coming on the show, and we'll see you guys next week with a Spider-Man Far From Home review, plus the rest of our conversation. Don't forget, thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Magic on a Dollar, Facebook at Disney on a Dollar, and of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.